You are listening to The Growth Project Podcast. I'm your host, Cherise Fierce, and on here we discuss all things self-love, self-actualization, spirituality, get into the bag, and becoming a self-made icon. This podcast is an audio extract from my YouTube channel. You can view this video by searching The Growth Project Podcast on YouTube or Cherise Fierce. For more information on my exclusive content, classes, courses, or my services, be sure to check out shreesfierce.com. But in the meantime, thank you for tuning in, and you already know the drill. Sit back, buckle up, and get ready for the ride. Thank you guys so much for being here on our first um, October's forecast. Like I said, welcome to the Growth Project podcast, a podcast that is truly for those who want a life of true freedom. What does freedom look like for us on the Growth Project podcast? It looks like having the freedom to do what you love and get paid for it, be who you want to be, um, really fulfill your potential and have the impact that have the positive impact that you want to have on the world. And the Growth Project podcast is a podcast that is designed to literally give you the tools for you to do just that. So that was my purpose behind starting the Growth Project podcast. Um, I actually started it in a point in my life where I felt like I needed transformation, I needed growth, and Throughout that journey, I came upon always like blockages and things just stopping me from being the person that I wanted to be. The fact that I'm on here right now, I'm talking to you guys. I'm like even met Umi and everything like that. My life has done a complete 180. Like it was not like this before. I was not showing up like this before. I was not confident to speak on camera, all of these things. And that's why I created the Growth Project so that you guys can literally grow with me and see the changes firsthand. Like, damn, from her first episode to her 100th episode, you can see the real difference. So I'm so happy to have literally, you guys know, this is my favorite astrologer, my girl, Umi Genevieve. She's literally a household name in the making. Um, Like you guys know, her name's about to be out there. Like (laughs) I always say like, I be finding stars and like, this is a star. This is definitely a shooting star. So this is really cool because when people go back, they're going to be looking at this episode again to see the growth, to see where we've we've come, right? So I'm so happy to have you up here um, with me today, Umi, and coming back every single month to give you guys the details, the forecast. So um, yeah, before we even get into it, I'm gonna let you do your thing, Umi, just say hi to the people. (laughs) How you guys doing? Thank you to each and every one of you, always and always. Thank you to the Growth Project. Thank you to Sharice for allowing me to come on here and just, you know, share um, the astrological perspective. Um, so Umi Genevieve, Constellations on LSD, every month, check in. It's going to be a check in where we get prepared and stay prepared, stay strapped. <laughs> so, so, so exactly. of allowing me to um, share this space with you. I love that. Stay strapped. I think I'm going to use this as part of our branding. Stay strapped for real. 
Um, <laughs> and that's part of it. That's part of it. You know, we need a lot of things to grow. We need um, a lot of different types of knowledge to grow. And that's why I always try to blend astrology because some people feel like just, you know, being into self-development or being into growth is just very physical. But, you know, there's a whole entire spiritual healing aspect to it as well. And I'm happy to have you on. So start us off by just giving us a general feel of October, because I feel like October, there's so much transit. There's so much going on. Do we feel like October is a big month? Yes. Um, so it was a preparation because every weekend last month in September was a cardinal moon. Also, we had some some shifts there. We had some Mars moved into Libra. We we're still waiting for the basis of Pluto. Pluto was still um, retrograde. Um, but with that Mars energy, it advanced the nodes and this Pluto in, in Capricorn. Um, so this, this Mars energy coming into Libra, especially since the North Node is in Aries. So a big cardinal, big cardinal. Government shutdown. So on the states, floods, um, just themes, um, riots, protests, murders, um, mm. just by the end of the month. Um, with this energy. So this upcoming October, so this October is just really about aligning things, balancing things out. It's now um, checks and balances is where we're at right now in every aspect of especially Cardinals lives, where we just want to have more integrity. We just want to have more self-respect. We want to be aligned with more of our beliefs. Um, we want to get our paperwork, our certifications in order. Um, so it's been a big, big buildup since September. We started off with an Aries moon and we left September with an Aries full moon. Mm. So the cardinal month adds on more emphasis to this energy. So I know we're going to go into a little bit the eclipses because that's something that's happening um, this month. But just building off of your forecast um, from last month, what do you feel like by now? Like, for example, you're talking about the cardinals. Why do you feel what do you feel like? By now, since they went through September, they should have had like going on to now enter this October, uh, this October period. And if you can give us examples for cardinals, fixed and mutables will be really great, too. OK, so for. So make sure. Notes. So for cardinals, especially since the last month, since September had a cardinal push, Mars moved into Libra. We had energy with each weekend having cardinal spaces. Um, it should have been a month where you just felt like your arm was getting twisted. Mm. Your, you were in spaces where you were more indecisive, um, maybe in themes where you were more pushed, persuaded into things than rather having your grind, your, um, your own assertiveness, initiation. Um, this was also checks and balances. So the Cardinals are in court getting certifications in order. So last month, September was getting the baby steps, the details. This month, we actually have to make a choice. It's cardinal. It's a change of a season. We have to mm. initiate. Okay. And if you did get your arm twisted and things of sort and then those spaces, then this month is where you start it, <laughs> where you start those projects that you jumped into from September. Mm -hmm. Like us. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. important for cardinals because cardinals, it's their angular houses. First, fourth, seventh, tenth, where this energy is going to sit. Mm. For fixed energy. Fixed energy. This is always going to sit in your fixed is sitting on the top. Scorpio, we're coming into, oh, it's going to be in your mutable houses. So that means it's going to be in the basis of your third, sixth, ninth, and twelfth. Mm. 
Correct. So yep, that basis there with cardinal, and that's going to be in the energy just for the the fixed. And I don't know if you want me to jump into that basis yet because they're going to have certain transits. But for the fixed, uh, we just had a tough summer here, tough buildup, mm-hmm. the tough mm-hmm. early September. Mm-hmm. We had Venus retrograde in Leo. Jupiter is now retrograde in Taurus. Mm-hmm. So right now, fixed sign get to take a breath easy, relax. Mm-hmm. Because the fir- the la- the summer with all, especially the start of the summer, we moved into June. Well, June mm-hmm. energy when Mars, Leo, I mean Mars and Leo, Venus and Leo, all that energy, Pluto going retrograde into Aquarius. The fixed sign were on very sensitive into their mm-hmm. partnership, their relationship, their commitments. Now they finally get to take a break. They're in mutable houses now. Let's talk it out. Let's take some therapy. Let's organize some things out. Mm-hmm. So energy. Now the card. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say, I remember when we were doing a live on Instagram, you we were saying like towards the f- end of the year, or like November or towards the end of the year, like fixed signs will finally be able to breathe. And I think like on your, um, no, I'm sorry, it was mutables. I think on your last forecast, I listened to it this week again, you said towards the end of the year, a, a couple of signs will finally be able to breathe. And I think you were talking about mutables, but damn, mm-hmm. I, as a fix, I feel it. Like we've been going through it. I feel like since 2020. <laughs> Facts yeah. of the love, commitments. Yes. It just was a little tricky the beginning of this month, uh, the beginning of last month in September, because we had two fixed placements that went retrograde and direct. So mm-hmm. it really took a hit to the Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquariuses. Perfect. So um, let's talk about some of the specific transits um, that is happening. So let me see my notes. I wanted us to talk about the eclipse because I feel like that is one of the biggest transits that we have. And then afterwards, we can break it down um, like per rising sign or per modality. Um, So first of all, I just wanted to know on a personal level, how do you feel about the eclipse being like an out of sign eclipse? Because it feels like we have like two narratives going on when it comes to this eclipse, because it's like on one end, it's finishing up the Taurus Scorpio cycle. But then on the other end, it's um, it's uh, conjunct that Aries, Libra, South Node, North Node. So what do you feel about this eclipse being an out of out of sign eclipse? And what is like what is the full either message behind it or what which narrative are we supposed to be going with or like which direction? Like because it's like usually when we have eclipse is this uh, culmination. But I feel like there's like two things going on here and it can be very um, confusing for some of us. So I don't know if you can give us a little bit of clarity um, on this. So when you say two different energies, how it balances out between Aries and Libra and Scorpio and Taurus. Yeah. Now, just to just center the like the two energies being connected to me versus we, mm-hmm. me versus groups. So that's going to be energy that is apparent with both. Do mm-hmm. I align with these laws, with these social norms? And who are the people that align with them? And do I want to commit and invest into that? Mm-hmm. Um, you can see even with just the Scorpio transit, Scorpio South Node, Taurus North Node, cancel culture went crazy. Mm-hmm. You don't align with my, if you don't align with my values, if you don't align with, 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 with my foundations, kill, you're dead, killed off. 
Mm-hmm. Now we're going to come into more of that cancel culture talk with okay. Aaron. Because now it needs integrity. It needs base. And it needs things that also, we have to have more of a social talk about it. With the Scorpio and Taurus energy, it was more personal. And it was mm-hmm. even more weaponized with that energy as well than these placements. And Taurus and, Sc- and Scorpio placements is known to get Mars energy. It's just known so- to get canceled. So you mm-hmm. feel like we're going to have a conversation around cancel culture, like like the toxicity around it or just the limitations or like what is actually deserving of being canceled or sort of? Is that yes. what you're saying? Yes, because um, mm-hmm. even if we go back to transits of Uranus being in, coming into Taurus, we had a huge value change to the point we changed money, mm-hmm. crypto, all those spaces, food from the impossible to vegan. So think of 2018, 19 and the shifts around that time. So this energy with Taurus North Node, Scorpio South Node, it was people's values and how Mm -hmm. they just not wanting to change, not wanting to shift and where Mm -hmm. they felt like the base of it. Because in 2018, 19, as we moved into this transit, it was a lot of changes that -hmm. were coming in society based on our value systems. And that was the fight between Scorpio and Taurus, value systems. Um, cancel culture, um, a push of the Venus versus Mars, the comfortable conversations, the uncomfortable conversations. But since fixed energy is stubborn, personal, sensory driven, Mm -hmm. it can't be objective. It's subjective. Hmm. Cardinal is objective. So we have to have more of an objective talk on about what we align with as a a society and what we don't. Another Mm -hmm. thing, Relationship talks. That was a big mm-hmm. thing for the last 18 months. We'll see mm-hmm. for the last, basically through the pandemic. Yeah, this for season. sure. All these podcasts, right? These 50-50 podcasts, high value men, high value women, um, most definitely. Um, do you, is this something that, you, so is this something that's going to continue? And if it does, do you feel like it's going to get more objective now that we're switching from the Taurus Scorpio to Aries Libra? Yes, it's going to separate from something more subjective into objective, definitely. Because um, before it was just a fight. You, um, um, Women can't do this to the point where it was in a fight um, politically mm-hmm. from abortion, mm-hmm. gender, just this whole traditional woman. Mm-hmm. Now, as we move into Aries, North Node, Libra, South Node, we'll have more of an a, objective conversation. And even you could see now, there might even be certain women, certain... Um, political, I mean, um, celebrities that now want to put forward the type of women, the type of identity, and just more traditional, what that means to the woman. And some women are even aligning. And that's what we're going to see, too, more of an alignment with, with what, are you a 50-50 person or not? And mm-hmm. you go stand there. If you mm-hmm. aren't, stand here. Because mm-hmm. we need to have something more objective so everyone knows where it stands. Like, just with um, the Aries, the Aries um, full moon. In the states, we had a government shutdown. The energy was trying to figure out, was about to, trying to figure out what side they were going to come into, what side mm. are they going to lean on. And um, the energy finally just compromised. I feel like that's what we're coming into. The energy wants a compromise. to compromise. Mm, I like that. Libra really, really like each other. It's an energy that really flows well, sometimes way better than Scorpio and Taurus. Mm. Okay. I like that. I think, yes, I feel like we are at a point where we need to come to some sort of like compromise or just even not conclusion, but a lot of these conversations, like you said, they're just been being had, but 
there's no objectivity in it. It's a lot of the times just, like you said, just fighting for fighting. And we actually don't actually get anything or get much from that type of content. So we talked a little bit about the eclipse. So what are, just to recap, what are the two narratives that you feel will be going on with this eclipse? Or what is the narrative in general around this eclipse uh, on the collective? So one of the things I wanted to pinpoint is the frustration the earth will be in. It's a frustrating energy. No matter how many times we try to run away from this, Mars transits, Scorpio and Aries likes to bring chaos. Aries will make it more objective. Scorpio will make it more subjective. So when Scorpio transits aspect, it's more in the house fighting, couples fighting, family fighting, intimate set, intimate set, settings that now become chaotic or need transformation. When, when Aries, it becomes less personal and it could be more friends, work, or just the social consciousness, Libra energy, society. Mm -hmm. One thing I've seen with the eclipse is the last time we had the eclipse, um, we had floods. Um, mm -hmm. We had a flood in um, Fort Lauderdale, so April yeah. 12th, right before we were building it. And uh, we just had a flood now in New York. Mm -hmm. So we're, there's going to be more of this energy on, especially since Aries is progressive, climate change. And we're moving into Scorpio, and that's what the... Um, well, on our end, the government shutdown was about social climate change issues, pharmaceutical, um, things that were more like, do we have enough funding for this? And do we care about mm -hmm. this? Um, and that's going to be a real push with this Aries energy since the last time it transit, um, this eclipse energy, last time we had the eclipse, this was what was building up. We mm -hmm. also have to come back to these gun laws, this aggression, because now it's yeah. becoming global. Not only just USA now, that's just... Um, 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 riding up now, it's coming a global energy from um, in Africa with um, I think it's Mo Bad, something Mo Bad, something, something his energy, and also with the young lady in London. So, we're coming back into these talks again since around that time in April and May. We were really talking about these gun laws, remember the beginning of the year, and how it's just yeah. crazy. Mm -hmm. So, that's a big basis with that. And of course, if you are cardinal. Aries, Libra, Cancer, Capricorn, you'll see why coming into April and May was very important with you having more long-term visions, more aligning with who you feel like is a best partnership for you. This was also time with advancements in work, long-term, um, um, and even basis too, because it's very important for Cardinals right now, since the Saturn energy, which is connected to Cardinals and Pisces, um, fitness. Even though you guys can be in fitness, natural Martians can. You guys are going harder this year. Like maybe you guys are doing more adventurous type of fitness, like bungee mm -hmm. jumping, jumping out of planes. Like you guys are taking it up a notch and maybe even getting a real trainer. Mm. is going to be important. Like I want to really go into some type of training for the Cardinals. It's just going to be energy. It's specifying them, specifying uh, Cardinal energy. So um, I know when we were talking a little bit earlier, um, we were talking about how you were talking about the cardinal transit and speaking closely to those who aren't living in their truth. Um, so tell me some more about those themes for the, the Aries full moon and the Libra season solar eclipse. What more themes are going to come out around those who are, aren't living in their truth or, you know, are not living like how they know themselves to be or living up to their potential. Cause that's really the vibes that I also get from Aries North node being an Aries rising myself is just 
really about expanding on who I know myself to be and my identity and my autonomy. So what other themes are you seeing for this as well, for this transit? Now, this is a transit in general for all cardinals, since the, especially since this Pluto energy has moved into Capricorn. And Capricorn is not only just my alignment with my beliefs, um, but also as I grow older, will I still believe in these things? And how must I discipline myself to stay here mm. is important. Um, and there's going to be certain weeks, especially the weeks when we have these squares to Pluto and Capricorn. So just starting um, the energy with the October 20th to October, from October 20th to 21st, where we're going to have a square from Mercury. Just want to pull it in. Yep. A square from Mercury is going to, and Libra is going to square Capricorn energy, Pluto and Capricorn. And that's a placement with Libra because Libra can attach to things. Libra can go into spaces where, you know what, superficial. We're like, you know what, this looks good on a surface level. We've already had this going. Why bring discord? Well, mm. that week, you may not feel like you want to align with this. Mm. Starting really when Pluto goes direct, when you go into um, Pluto and Capricorn, and it goes direct October 10th, you will start to feel this way, especially if you have Aries and Libra. Are you sure? Am I sure that this is my belief system, my faith? These are the mm. people the spaces that align with my belief system, my faith. And it's, I don't want to just push like, God, God, it's more of integrity. Mm. Or do I respect this person? And and do I respect myself? And mm. around the time when October, when October 10th and beyond, it gets um, even more intense, October 20th, um, Pluto goes direct in Cap. And Capricorn connected to Saturn, discipline, order, Um the father, the master in you. And that could be the question too, who's the master and how am I a master? Because mm -hmm. if you are a cardinal energy, Aries, Libra, Cancer, Capricorn, and you're um, in healing work or you're in some sort of space where you can get like a higher certificate, become more validated, more seen, more um, um, decorated in your work, you're trying to do that right now. But it's mm -hmm. also asking you, am I sure I'm ready to initiate and feel initiated in this way? Hmm. Like personally for me, I progressed into Capricorn, sun, cancer, moon. And this is a big initiation year for me. Just with even working with you. is letting me know that when me, you're doing this, like <laughs> no turning back now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I yeah. definitely, I definitely feel that because I'm also a progressed cap. <laughs> and I feel like when I started my podcast, um, a little bit under two years ago, in the beginning, it was very much like, I started a podcast. Like, not that it wasn't serious, but I was just like, oh, you know, it's my passion project. Not really being full on, totally, like, honest that, no, this is the new direction of my life. And, you know, this is going to be part of what I'm going to use as my platform to spread my message. Like, no, I'm going to be coaching people. I'm going to be representing people. Um, and now I'm at a period where, like you said, it's like not all or nothing, but it's like no turning back kind of period. And it's like, you know, this is what you want to do. Why are you holding yourself back? Why are you pretending um, instead of just giving it your all? And I hope I can speak for a lot of um, cardinals who are in this position. And it's like, you have to decide what you want to give your all to. Um, and I feel like the, the, the more we take time to make that decision or the more we stay in limbo, the more we actually suffer. So 
Yeah, I, I, I can speak to testament to that. So talk to me a little bit more about, let's get into the October transits and stuff like that. What are some of the transits that catch your eye in October that you want to talk about, that you want to prepare the people for? Uh, I think I have a list. I'm going to try to put it up on screen. Perfect. Look at us figuring this out. Yay. <laughs> Oh, look at us progress sun. All our suns are in the same progression. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting that work. <laughs> That's all right. So transits that catch my eye. Um, important transits is definitely when Venus, one well, important when Venus leaves Leo. Thank God Venus is leaving Leo and it's coming into Virgo. Now, now that could be a little triggering because Venus in Virgo is in fall. Hmm. And, but it still puts in a humility, humbleness. So there's a humbleness that is going to come from the fixed energy, especially as we move into, yep, so it's October 8th. Venus will now move into the energy of Virgo, um, October 8th into the 9th. And then we'll start to feel that humbleness and leave that Leo. Leo is arrogant. And in and, and Venus energy, Venus already is selfish, can already be hoarding. So in Leo energy, and that's where the fix could have felt this way throughout the summer, where are non-negotiables. I do not want to share. Mm. I'm good. Like, no, I want this. I, I, um, I'm, I'm going to price it this way. I'm demanding this. Now we come into something more humble and things that, and since Virgo's energy is a acts of service, that's what the fix are going to come into. The collective, but more important, the fix, since it was sitting on them. So acts of service, more, maybe the summer was more move. Now, excuse me, um, do you need help here? Also, at the basis of, since Venus um, energy is about how we keep, what we find supportive, what we want to invest in, um, since it does come into fall, what is falling? What must we let go? What, has we, what have we become out of touch with? When it mm -hmm. comes into our support systems, our love life, our creativity. So the energy comes more into consciousness. So that's a transit. Um, also, I'm a Scorpio sun. So when the sun moves into Scorpio energy, very important because we're also having this, um, the full moon energy coming into Scorpio and Taurus as well. So that's a big energy and it comes back to fix. So right now we're just having a breather period. But the energy comes back into fixed placements. And that's the that's the energy of more of the cuffing season, more mm. of the intimate season, more of who are we going to buy gifts for, who's coming to holiday um, dinner, holiday celebration. Mm -hmm. That's important transit as well, because as we move from a space that was more um, subjective, I mean, objective, my apologies, it goes into something more subjective as we move into the later parts of the month. Another basis too that's important is Pluto goes direct. That is very important because that means a lot of the things that went dormant this summer that just completely stopped talking about mm. comes back up. Also, this takes a, a, a just a break and a weight off the Capricorn and Cancer's backs. Let it be in solar return. Let it be in progression. Let it be a natal chart. It could have been all work, no play all summer where it didn't even give you a chance cardinals specifically these placements 
to really take a breath, to really take in your emotions and how you feel supported, how you just feel. Mm. Finally, this energy allows you to open that up. And also this placement is going to open up more of the talks of climate change again. And just the things where do we even have funding for this? And do we even want to fund these themes? And if you're a cardinal, it's a money week, resource week, starting October 10th. um i definitely want you to keep going through um you know the list of transits that you made to um for us to keep in mind but i wanted you to go back a little bit to the venus um venus finally entering into virgo on the 8th 9th um you talked about i know we were talking a little bit earlier about relationships so how will that shift because Venus has been in Leo for months and it's been having us rework a lot of our um, ideas, like you said, even around sharing and relationships, uh, romantic relationships and others. But how will it now progressing into ingressing into um, Virgo, what is going to be the effect on that? So in terms of our relationships. All right. So Venus finally leaves Virgo, leaves Leo and goes into Virgo because, of course, it's going to give the sensitivity to the fixed signs. So Taurus, mm-hmm. Leo, Scorpio, Aqua. Um, and like I was saying before, it's going to give it that break. Uh, but since it is mutable and all immutable energies, like they they're talkers, they're writers, mm-hmm. they're speakers, they're energies that want to get that get in the information, get the tools, the books, the self-help themes, therapy. So that's what the fix are going to come into. That's why it takes more of a move and more of, excuse me, can we talk about this? And this is what this energy wants to come into, more of a humility. Virgo is um, fixed. Leo would have been like, uh, since I can't identify with this space, um, I denounce it. Virgo is like, you know what? Let's see, let's see if they build a habit in this space. Le- um, Leo may not have had that tolerance. It's fire. Virgo brings in tolerance. So that's going to be mm-hmm. another too with fixed signs and just the collective that becomes more of a tolerance and maybe you could look at it in a manipulative way we are coming into holiday season where people get a little bit more lonelier people Mm. get a little bit more open people get a little Mm. bit more naive so that energy comes into that too let's move into that space now blowouts and real conversations were necessary especially in the beginning we had a mercury retrograde Jupiter mm. retrograde, just the con- just the energies that are about conversation, and that and Mercury was retrograde since like since August twenty third, and Jupiter went retrograde September fourth. Mm. So two of those spaces. Now with Venus coming here, it helps it out. Plus Mercury went direct, helps it out, puts in more of those themes. More of, of it's a therapeutic time. Mm. It's time to get more level headed. That basis there. What about when, um, because I know when Venus enters Virgo, she's going to directly do um, an opposition to Saturn. How does that tie in the whole relationship narrative that we're going through? I think it's even going to sextile maybe Mars and Scorpio too out of like three to four days after. Let me think of what we were speaking about before with faded, the faded loves the ones that really want to ride it out, ride it through, and what they're now willing to work on. Mm. Talk about that basis there. Because even though it's opposing Saturn, it's still mm. mutable. Now, mm. if it was fixed or cardinal, then we'll have a little bit more of these um, stubborn 
in more yes or no, yes or no, I can and I can't. Mutable, which is what Mutable is known for, they change their mind a little easily. Mm. They're more open-minded. They might even forget. <laughs> that could be a time too, where mm -hmm. we're going to another honeymoon, Piscean, where it's martyr love within this mm. time period. So just being conscious of that. Okay. So it's a good time basically to work shit out in our relationship yeah. during Venus in Virgo to actually put in the work for love. Look at that Venus in Virgo. Okay. Acts of service, into those spaces and just realizing and maybe getting out of more of the, the bigger picture and looking mm. at the, the details to how we got here. Mm. And, and if you, and Cardinals, since Cardinals need to make more direct decisions, not no wishy-washy. Pluto and Capricorn does not want that. The last, from June to, to January, when this energy finally is done, it's about the Cardinals making more direct approaches. So these could be the time where we're getting more verbal, getting more of the paperwork about the direct decisions, direct choices that the Cardinals need to make. The fixed signs, it's always going to be more of the subjective and what they need to iron out. So this could be a little bit of a um, honeymoon. Neptunian, because it's not a negative. Mm. Especially, it's not a negative for Scorpio. It's a sextile. It's a it's a sextile and a trine. Mm. Okay. So intimate sectors. The Platonic loves can go through this honeymoon, traveling, taking a short trip. Venus and Virgo can open that up too. Where hey, let's take a little short two day, three day, weekend day trip mm. for the fixed, the collective. But since it really left fix, it's personal. It's going to be like, oh, take a moment for that energy. I'm, I'm excited. I was a little bit worried about it going into Virgo and being fall, being in fall. But you just gave me some hope. Like, no, this is this could actually be good for your relationship. So um, that's good. So give us... Um, uh, by the way, for anyone who's looking at this in the future or the replay, definitely let us know if you, more the, the replay, if you guys end up going on trips, if you guys end up doing um, those type of things. I don't know if I'm still here. Yes, I am. Okay. If you guys end up going on trips this type of weekend and everything like that, definitely put it in the chat. So, um, Umi, I'm going to let you do the full October breakdown for us. Um you let me know how you want to do it, if you want to do it by sign, if you want to go through the list. But I just want to make sure that you have the opportunity to let the like get the people strapped, help the people strap up for this month. So um, I'm going to like fully let you take it away um, when it comes to October forecast 2023. All right. I think my water break. <laughs> <laughs> So first things first, I wanted to just make sure everyone knows where the sun in um, Libra is transiting in their chart based on their ascendant sign. So Aries, it's going to be in your seventh house. Taurus, it's going to be in your sixth house. Gemini, your fifth house. Cancer, your fourth house. Leo, your third house. Virgo, your second house. Libra, your first house. Scorpio, your 12th house. Sag, 11th. Capricorn, 10th. Aquarius, 9th. And Pisces, 8th. This energy will be sitting in your house. Yep. That basis there. So check to see, like, especially on just a month level, a Libra season level. What's what is this? What is the sun shining on in my world, in my natal chart? I'm a Leo rising, so it's in my third house. I'm a Venus in Libra. 
So this is a basis where it's contracts, um, a lot more lives and a class. I have a class coming up. Third house. Also, since it is a cardinal energy, what are you doing for the first time in this house? Cardinal energy starts seasons, they initiate things. What are you initiating this month, this season that is associated with this house? Now, just to give a basis of the houses, the first house, since the sun, since if you're a Libra rising, and since it's sitting in, the, it will be sitting in your first house, this will be about asserting self, a new look, um, rebranding projects, looking at partnerships more clearly, starting new partnerships. We want to start things and we want to start them based on our, our identity, I am. We're also doing a lot of tunnel vision. If it's in your second house, That energy will be sitting in Virgo if you are a Virgo rising. It'll be in your money, work, income. It's a creative house as well. So it'll be in basis two where you want to even do starter ups connected to the first house. But now you're asking yourself, how, what can I afford? What kind of startup that I actually have money now on me that I can start? That basis there. And since this is a mutable energy, and since Saturn's in Pisces opposing the Virgo, even doing more of those trips, investing in those ways. The second house, what do I want? What do I own? What cash do I have on hand? So the energy of if you are, so third house, if you are a Leo rising, it'll be sitting in your third house. This is the time of siblings, friendships, early friendships, children, children's schooling, activities. Creative projects, classes, courses, that basis there. And even therapies, short trips, mutable house. And there could be a basis of first. And also more couple outings. This is a double twin house. Libra, twin, Gemini, twin. Now, if you're a Cancer rising, it will be in your fourth house. Home, family, work ancestral lineage work and this is even a double energy of first now this can open up basis of since it is in the first house um since it's in the fourth house building an office starting your first office in your house um buying your first house looking to buy your first house especially within a partnership starting your first job a big job fourth house basis because this brings a double first and this is double cardinal so it's bringing busyness, especially if you have placements here in the fourth house. This is the um, eclipse is important for you. Um, all cardinal transits are important for you. So if the energy of sitting in the fifth house, so if you are a Gemini rising, it will be sitting in your fifth house. And this will be a hobbies connected to, um, it's a fun house. It's a creative house, hobbies, interests. Also energies that are gonna open up non-negotiables for you, mutable with the fifth house placement. And also this can bring on children, those spaces too. Now the energy of it's sitting, if, it's, if, you, if you have a Taurus rising, it'll be sitting in your sixth house. And this energy here will open up health, fitness. If you have a Taurus rising, it'll also help you, ask you about your routines. You might even start something new, put something new in your schedule. This is something I have to do every day for the next three weeks. And I'm starting it this month. 
fixed Taurus energy, especially Taurus on the rising. Aries energy, this is going to sit in your first house if you're an Aries rising. I mean, sorry, if you're an Aries rising, this is going to sit in your seventh house. So same basis, this is heavily cardinal. So it can be similar to how Cancers feel. So um, Aries, um, Aries and Libra risings, first, first time in a long time taking a trip. And uh, this is my first time starting this type of career point, my first time going into certain type of um, um, project, starting my first project, starting a first real job, getting a first real contract, um, just in these spaces. They're all cardinals. This year, they want to do a lot of firsts. Or I haven't done this in a long time. And these are going to be your partnership house, but with contracts, um, partnerships, um, buying homes, buying a car, first, first, just add first to it, visiting places, but it's a partnership house with first themes, all cardinal. Now, if we have, now let's say we are, so we're at seventh, let's say we are a Piscean rising, it's sitting in the eighth house. This will be another house of partnerships. It's deeper though. Now for Piscenians, since Saturn is here, Saturn being in Pisces, what is it that we need to let go? Purge. What does this month ask us to purge, let go within our partnerships? Make room for new investments, new forms of stability. But it's still the house of partnerships. That basis there. So Aries and Pisces. What does one need to purge and what is now one coming into first? to merge to um, merge in because platonic energy eighth house we already have too much Taurus, second house we need to make room what is we have too many subscriptions we have too much going on we have baggage so this month for the so this month for the piscean energy what is baggage within partnerships that we must purge now with aquarius it's in the ninth house and this can be similar to the energies of leo with it being in the third house, courses, classes, movement. Now, Aquariuses are having a little tricky one because Pluto was just in Aquarius. So they're going through another big financial change as Aquariuses, transformations, where this move is personal. This is a long distance move. And why this month opens that up within the ninth house, where I need to move far away, where I need to expand more of my belief systems, where I need to expand my horizons in classes, courses, just like Leo, starting courses, classes. And why is family important as well this year for Aquariuses when it comes to keeping distance? And check to see if you have any Aquarius placements and why you feel that way. And then we have Capricorn energy, Capricorn energy, another cardinal house. So Capricorn rising, you'll have it in the 10th house. Sorry, you'll have it, yes, Capricorn, you'll have it in the 10th house. That energy there, Libra. So it'll be similar to how Aries risings feel, Libra rising, and Cancer risings. This is a year first new. And this is another placement just like Aquarius. Pluto is in it as well. So Aquarius and Capricorn were sharing this Pluto energy starting 2023. So this is another sign too that may have had to return home. What do we have to go back in to do first, to do again, to start again? So you know, Aries and Libra could do more first. They're more aligned for that. Capricorn and Cancer might have to go back into history, go back into something nostalgic, the past, just to go back out and do something again first, not in a long time. 
Maybe I could see what that is. I gotta go back in history to come back out first, only stronger. And then just wanted to make sure I was watching my notes. Then we have Sagittarius energy. Sagittarius energy is in the 11th house. Sagittarius rising, Libra would be in your 11th house. So 11th house of groups, friends, that basin. This is a sextile, air and fire. So Sagittarius placements, we're looking at our group, really looking at our tribe. This is a tribe building time, Sag. Um, since it is Aquarius, 11th house, right? And it's Saturn. Um, this is a time where Sagittarius could be feeling like they're um, coming more into real diversity. They're meeting different backgrounds. They're um, coming into spaces where they're not afraid to come into different cultures. Because the 11th house, and with it being Libra, the transiting um, planet, opens up Saturn. Where do you feel like you're an oddball out? Or you've never really been in this world before, this type of community. And now you're in it. You're in a community. And it's opening up diversity, um, curiosity to those spaces there. And then with Scorpio energy, this is sitting in your 12th house. Scorpio risings. And this is endings. This all water houses are death houses. Fourth, eighth, twelfth. They're all houses where we are coming into history, past endings to come into the future, to come to something new. Ending houses. So um, Scorpio Risings, Libra is in your 12th house. Endings, transformations. This is a theme where what habits do we need to kill off? Or what, especially with Piscean, 12th house, what illusion do we have in this love, in this relationship that is just not real? And that's for Taurus and Scorpio Risings. What illusion do we have? Or what habits do we have that is that we're not talking about elephants in the room? What ideals or projections are we putting on each other? Why do we need to make this more concrete and build better, more realistic habits with one another? Make sense? Good? How you feeling? I got into my, I got into the groove real quick. I just wanna make sure everyone's here. Yep. Just making sure you can see the chat, right? Mm-hmm. We can see the chat. Okay, perfect. Just making sure. I got into it. I'm like, am I in this? I'm like, I'm starting getting the Holy Spirit. Not just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone was listening. I was definitely listening, taking some notes. Um, no, I love that. I'm just looking at if there's any more comments. They're a little bit delayed on our end, but someone said uh, on point. So that's good. So I know you wanted to go through as well for the um, eclipse as well. So now, hold on. So let's talk a little bit about the second half, right, of October. So I know we talked a lot about Libra season, but towards the second half of October, um, we have, we're going to have Scorpio season. Mercury is going to go into Scorpio. Let me just remove this really quickly. Um, we're going to have the full moon lunar eclipse into it. Mars is going to trine Jupiter. Um, we have a lot of other transits in the last two weeks of October. 
So can you, um, oops, I didn't realize my mic was that far, but can you get a strap for the last two weeks of October? Because it seems like the last two weeks of October as well really comes in with a punch. Okay, I just wanted to start last two weeks. Okay, so just starting with October 22nd to October 24th, Sun and Mercury moves into Scorpio. And that's when it will try and Saturn. Um, and that's the energy where we're back into a fixed um, sensitivity. Now, um, this is important because now it shifts Sun. It shifts what's transiting. It can even shift houses. Now, if you have... um. If you're using Placidus, it could still be in that in the um, seven, like the houses that we talked about before. But if we were going to do whole signs, it'll now shift into another um, house because it's Scorpio season now. And just to give the houses. So if you're an Aries energy, now it moves into eighth house. If you're a Taurus, it moves into the seventh. Gemini, sixth. Um, Cancer, fifth. Leo, fourth. Virgo, third. Libra, second. Scorpio, first. Um, Sag 12th, Capricorn 11th, and Aquarius 10th, and Piscean 9th energy. And that just becomes important because um, the sun moves into back that Martian energy. Like with Libra, even though sun is in fall, it's balanced. Because with Aries, it could be too pushy, intolerant. Libra is like, hey, cuffing season, um, partnership season, holiday season. Libra is like, you know what? Other people matter. Mm -hmm. Not always about me. That basis there. Now, Scorpio is about that too. But Scorpio now asks you, are you sure you're about me? Um, I'm, I'm not going to spend my money if you're not about me. I'm not going to open up this environment for me if you're not about me. And Absolutely. just with that Mars energy coming into that, just got to be conscious of our temper, our possessiveness, especially as we move towards the later parts of this month because we have the full moon energy. Um, this energy brings some chaos. It brings some aggressions. It brings some serious talks. Let me not say chaos. Serious talks. I'm a Scorpio, though. You know, it just brings some serious talks about what really matters. So that starts to come into play. That basis there, especially as we move um, October 22nd, as we move into the Scorpio season. Scorpio, sun moves into Scorpio October 23rd. As we move to late parts of October 22nd, it'll be in zero degrees. So we're back into fix. And just that transit too, it's, it trines Saturn. Now trines are great placements, like great aspects, because it means it's sweet, it's smooth, it's easy. And maybe these tough conversations around this time will be smoother, easy, especially since we had a tough summer of the fixed signs and just the collective, just having more non-negotiables. To be honest, this should be a time where do we make the race? Do we, <laughs> do we make the finish line? Because we had to go through a long list of what I don't like, what I'm not changing, what I will change. So this trine, especially in Piscean, could add, maybe this is true love. Maybe we can work this out. And it's going to be specific for those who have placements from one to six degrees that week. Also, as we move into, give me basis. Just look at my notes. October twenty eighth, the full lunar eclipse in Taurus. Now we have a, a big push here because we have Mars in Scorpio, and we have Mercury in Scorpio. Um, so Mercury energy is fast moving. Mercury energy is even in spaces spontaneous. 
not always, and yes, it's, it's, it's not always well thought out. Sometimes it can even be sporadic in certain themes where it just says things and blurts things out. Scorpio does not understand that. Scorpio wants something, Scorpio investigates, pinpoints, so it could use it as a debt against you. So around the end of the month, being conscious of that, of where I'm grudge holding, where I need to stop grudge holding, hoarding things, and where I don't always need to make things so investigative. That basis there. Now, Mercury, even in positive signs, is travel, connected to Mercury, Mercury retrograde, which is about changes of travel, um, um, traffic, all those spaces there. So this could be a time since Scorpio is connected to Taurus, luxurious, um, expensive, um, um, investing, where you want to take one of those trips. You want to start planning them. So around as we come into later this month into next month, this could be a time where we're fixed energies, but even for the collective, I want to take a trip that is maybe two weeks long. Um, I don't care about the price tag. I just want to take this trip. So that kind of basis there. So financial talks as well. Mars is home in Scorpio, but Mars is, but Mars is also a placement that is impulsive in Scorpio's water. So um, take your time with planning this. Take your time with these convers with these conversations, with these investigate these depths, but especially with planning, because Mercury wants you to plan. So take your time. Maybe even do give yourself little payment plans to this trip. So that's going to be the basis too um, around this time with Mercury, since Mercury asks you, "What are you doing now? What do you want to plan now?" And since it has Taurus and Taurus is retrograde, Jupiter's retrograde and Taurus, we don't want to bite more than we can chew, want more than we can afford, acts more than we give. And then the 29th, Mercury in Scorpio conjunct Mars in Scorpio and back to those converse, back to those themes. Let's make sure before we have these intense, um, heavy, um, strong conversations that we mind ourselves and mind what we're giving to, um, versus what we're asking. And that's for all fits, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius. So yeah, as we move into um, this energy and just being conscious that we are in Mars, just like every season brings just aggression, Scorpio does as well. Some, um, um, even certain parts, it's Halloween, um, Day of the Dead. Um, so just around this time in October into November is Domestic Violence Month. So just being conscious of that when we come into this energy. And as a Scorpio myself, um, I always got to mind myself with that. Like, um, I don't have to fight my partner. Like my partner's not my enemy. Work. Uh, we have a question here. I'm going to pull it up on screen. Maybe you can give a little insight to it. Insights um, to the questions. Sorry. Yeah, to the question. So someone said, even though Mars is typically malefic, would Mars in our second house be good since he rules Scorpio? Yes. Um, now, Mars in Scorpio is more sly, emotional, subjective. So those spaces, um, but it's still home here. Mars and Aries just does a little bit better because Mars is home here. It's known, like Scorpio will be connected more to Pluto because um, Mars, Aries just wants to confront, which is what Mars wants to do. We want to confront an issue. Scorpio doesn't always confront. 
It has to first investigate. It has to first be like, let hold on, let me go run back, get my my um, my paperwork, my spaces, and then come here. Um, so with Mars being in the second house, it's going to ask you back to those themes. What do I have in subscriptions? What I have overly invested in? What um what do I need to make room in the second house? Also, this is a great placement to want to create. So that could be a theme too. What do I like? What do I need to stop buying so I could buy more of these tools so I can start creating again? Second house. Uh, maybe you've done some um, Scorpio work. You've found new in ingredients, new tools. You've gotten a stepper deep into your occultic work, into your creative work that now you need. Now you want to go into the second house and build this again. Start compose this differently. Second house. And these are relationship placements too. So my value systems, um, what am I not, what do I want to share and not share? My inner resources with an energy that's asking me how I share it within my shared resources, inner versus shared. This is that kind of placement. But second house is more of our own creativity, what we own, our own bank accounts. So this can um, just open this up as well, Scorpio, positive. Um, second house, I want to open up a checking account. Maybe I want to get a, a CD uh, maybe I want to get into certain type of stocks. What I want to make my second house, everything I own, become something more multiple streams, shared. Maybe I need guidance with it, Mars being there too. Maybe I need an instructor, guidance. Maybe I need a specialist, Mars. What are you trying to do, Lotus? Um, anything like that makes sense? What are you trying to do with your second house? Perfect. Diversifying, diversifying my income is definitely in my mind. Yeah. Second house can make you feel stuck. Like you're, um, you're only getting your income from one place. So Mars energy wants to open it up and Scorpio. It wants to help you seek it too, Mars. So now you have a bigger push to want to do this. And even if you want to think about it on a collective, since we just had that government, that kind of basis they're going, especially on this end, and just within all the political news, you can feel like a, like um, this could be a push for a lot of the collective to start saving their money differently, looking into investments, and just long-term their portfolio differently. Yep, get some business credit going, yep. I'm coming into a Taurus rising this year, so I'm on solar return. So I'm trying to do the same thing. I don't want to stay in one bracket, one area. Uh, if anyone else has other questions, this will be the time to ask. Um, as we're ending, as we're coming up to our like one hour mark. So ask some questions in the chat. Umi, I'm just, since you talked a little bit about the last two weeks of October, um, what about the political climate of that time? I just wanted to touch on that, maybe and even end on that. Um, since you were talking earlier about just certain conversations coming back, and even with the current like shutdown of the government, what would you have to say about the political climate towards the end of the end of the month? Um, just adding on to just Scorpio and how um, Lotus like attached it to diversifying my income 
um, diversifying my portfolio. I already have business credit. I mean, I already have a business account, but I want to get business credit going. That's going to be the collective politically. Um, they're going to be really pushing what they're going to take the tax dollars for. Um, mm -hmm. People are really becoming focused on that, especially with the climate, people's homes getting destroyed, the weather changing, this the wildfires, all these spaces. Um, we're now going to look to see what the market is because even with just in the news in here um they were fighting over government funding mm. what they really wanted to fund mm -hmm. and even with just the, the scare of uh, another covid crisis so they're going to need just some sort of funding going on so we're going to start to center that as we move into november and this is even times of elections we're coming into that for our year in our country so um mm. So it's just going to really push that and back to a subjective time and back to a Mars time. So it's just Mars does bring activists, ad advocates, marches, mm. and this energy can start to bring that in some capacity where it wants to now um, advocate, especially mm -hmm. for funding. We're also coming back into platonic energy. So reproductive health, we went quiet on that when it came to gender laws and um, reproductive laws. So that's a basis that's coming again, those talks. Mm -hmm. Or this is a, another thing too, Aries, Libra, Scorpio, Taurus, feminine versus masculine. Um, there is a theme coming on with women leading. Mm. Since there's this feminine energy. Let's talk more about that. Let's balance. get into that. Um, Cause that's even the talk with just the relationships. Mm. Um, traditional working women that, that talk there because that's what's about to happen. Men are feeling subconsciously that we might have more women leaders. Mm. And um, this is bringing talks first within our households because that's going to change that. Just by when just having um, sometimes black people of color leaders changes society. I don't know why I was elected. You couldn't tell black people shit. Like, what? Like, you couldn't tell black people shit. So now that if you see a woman in charge in this way, um, it's going to bring more of those talks within structures and home. And also mm -hmm. the younger generation, they're seeing a whole different view of the world when it comes to feminine versus masculine. Um, mm -hmm. That's going to be another thing, too, that pushes more into politics as we see more women leaders, more mm -hmm. feminine, even if it means back to platonic, um, tra um, trans fluid, um, 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 just more of this, uh, I don't want to use the wrong terminology, trans fluid, that area leaders. Like gender, gender fluid. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, type of leaders to open up more of that feminine and talk about gender um, and sex, but also the, the Mars in it, the power struggles, the, mm -hmm. and that's even what it was even for now um, for a lot of the fixed, that fixed collective since Venus, a feminine, was in something Leo, a masculine, mm -hmm. um, where the feminine was more demanding and the masculine was showing its more sensitivity, mm -hmm. where I feel like men are really starting to talk about what they want out of a, mm -hmm. like before it was like before it was we don't get text backs we don't men are like this is why you're not getting the text back. <laughs> this yeah, is like they're, they're finally. I feel like too, even though like I don't so. 50-50 podcasts, I literally don't care about them, but I do care about the platforms where men use it to talk about the things that they go through and their struggles, right? Because we're we're in a climate right now where 
like the suicide rate and the depression numbers in men is like astronomical. Okay. And, you know, it's not like we're, I feel like it's still like we're not talking about it as much. And there literally have men who are out here talking about, like you said, what really goes on, how they really feel in relationships, the pressures that they may have, you know, um, them now feeling like they're worthless uh, based on what they can or what they can or can't bring to the table and stuff like that. So I agree with you that sometimes we need to open our perspectives on the other side and see like we both like both sides, like both sides need to see what the other really goes through and stop making it being like this fight and this um we're pitting each other against each other and it's more like how can we understand each other better and how can we merge like you said and compromise because even though we have a lot of rhetoric around how you know being a woman may be still be oppressive there's a lot of stuff that us as women don't understand that men go through as well that we wouldn't be able to fathom it because we're not men and they just don't talk about it because like you know they don't talk about it <laughs> so we don't even know and when i when i hear these conversations happening i'm like i would have never thought about that like i don't think men actually i didn't even think men went through that but then to hear men like stepping up it really does help us understand like okay you know what that's something we don't have to worry about and you know just kind of help us put things in perspective where it's like we're not fighting each other it's not like a literally men versus women or like you said masculine versus feminine we need to realize that we need both of these energies either way to like integrate into society and have a strong society and should have a strong foundation so i'm happy to hear that more women will be in leadership and i'm happy to hear that more men will be talking about their struggles and sensitivities because we both need to those are two areas that need to be balanced out um when you when you really think about it because it's the energies have been playing on the extremes so far in those areas yeah you just even with the men not having we a couple years back um it was a thing where men need to create these spaces where they can talk and they have jupiter even with jupiter coming into taurus a mm -hmm. masculine planet and a very feminine um um sign um mm -hmm. So these conversations are going to have more of this Venus aspect. And maybe that could be more, very uncomfortable for um, a lot of women to have men just um, express themselves in this way. And um, just with even Libra, the you know, those ladies, men, those men that can be around women and they literally did not sleep with them. They're just really cool with them. The ladies just really like them. They're best friends with women. They'll usually have Libra placements. Mm -hmm. like, usually find the that guy who can like hang out with the girls or that's really his that's really his sis mm -hmm. has a libra dynamic because libra energy since it's still connected to venus it's androgynous mm -hmm. and that's what the energy is asking where we need as to a collective to be air androgynous friends and real love mm -hmm. true love saturn exalted in libra is that something more mm -hmm. To, like I like to look at this placement where it's like, um, look at your partner in a way where would I ever go into business with this person? Because it's a contract, right? Can we um, 
can we start projects together? How do we separate the sex and all that to now starting projects? And I feel like if you can do that, you can create children. You can create mm -hmm. things where it doesn't have to always be subjective. So Saturn exalted in Libra. So that's what's about to happen. We need to come into the, an androgynous type of energy. And I feel like that's what that transit um, is going to open up. And Libra, trust mm -hmm. Libra men. That's why I don't really... Um, that's the energy like, I'm a little um, afraid of because I'm I'm Scorpio. I'm too jealous. I'm gonna mm -hmm. be like, Yo, what the hell? But they're really energies that can balance out both of their sexes, the both of the mm -hmm. sexes, mm -hmm. very well. So mm -hmm. that's the energy wants us to do. And we're coming into Libra season, so yes. Um, as you're talking, I'm literally remembering. I feel like I need to do a part two to this episode. I had an episode like, can men and women really be friends? It's actually on this on this, on this this uh, page. It talks about the future of love. And one of the points that I was making was literally, if we cannot be friends between men and women, if we cannot have platonic friendships, can we really understand each other? Like, can we really get to know each other without the basis of sex? in there kind of like clouding everything because if you when you have a platonic relationship with someone of the opposite sex then you start to get to know things about that sex that you wouldn't necessarily have paid attention to were you quote-unquote boinging them you know what i mean so i am for we need to learn to be friends with the opposite sex um just because i feel like it'll just be a more well-rounded um like society and let me get let me know what you guys think in the comments like can men and women be friends i feel like we should do a whole topic and live on that i think it will go crazy because even in my personal life i have people who are like absolutely not i would never allow my my um men to have female friends and stuff like that and it's like i think we need to start progressing um but even though we have a lot of wounds we need to heal them first we need to learn to trust we need to learn self-control but um, hopefully we can get to that point because I do believe that once we start having more platonic relationships, then we will have a better understanding truly of what both men and women truly go through on the planet. And we can have advocates of the opposite sex for the opposite sex. You know what I mean? Instead of it always being women fighting, fight, um, fighting for women and men fighting for men, then it will be like, no, women actually need this from a man and a woman saying no men actually need this because they're, they're coming from a space where it's like okay it's not just my lover but my friend my father my this I've seen it so I absolutely think that as you were talking that kind of came back to me I think we need to do a part two to that episode because um I'm excited for that I'm excited for these 18 months to be really honest with this transit um with the South Node and the North Node. I'm, I'm truly excited and I hope to see a big change in the collective when it comes to our values, when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to the even the I am in relationships. We didn't touch on this, but sometimes even moving away from codependency and just being so like everything is about our partner in a way or just like I would be I wouldn't even be surprised if we see more talks coming about like polygamy. For some reason like that yeah, just came yeah. to my mind yeah especially with pluto and aquarius a sexual placement um um transformative just what is my depths coming into aquarius now in the states valentine's day season is during aquarius season so mm -hmm. it's a uh 
it's it's naturally a platonic love naturally mm -hmm. Yeah, that just came up as we were speaking. I was like, we may have some more conversation just around that. And like you said, women being more in leadership. So maybe just reworking how we do uh, motherhood as well. Um, I can see some things, themes of that coming. Like, yes, being a mom is so important. And um, we need certain, we need spaces and we need laws and we need things to protect motherhood. And the fact that, you know, we need, you know what, maybe we're going to have, maybe we'll have some more conversation around um, the parental leave or something like that, because that's something that's in a lot of countries is not um, pretty non-existent, especially in the States. You guys have like one of the worst <laughs> systems for that. So maybe more conversation around what it is truly being like in motherhood and if we should get some type of compensation for Facts. that. Like traditional woman, like, you know, they got to be able to stay home. Facts. Mm -hmm. I also want to center two things too. One, um, fire women and air women are going to lead this movement. Um, the mm -hmm. North Node and Taurus and Scorpio wanted, how I'm seeing, so this whole idea, right? That the feminine collective work on their reproductive health, their mm -hmm. desire. Um, one thing I was like, even connecting to this transit is, women talking about men finding their clit <laughs> sex mm -hmm. toys um men just in spaces of are you even pleasing us as women we also mm -hmm. want to talk about our reproductive health and just that energy on do we even like it down there as a woman and just talks around there so i feel like this north node and south node and scorpio wanted us as a woman to stand up the feminine collective fight demand and take care of this area now and the, the feminine ladies did that. So la the last 18 months, Yoni Steam, um, the love gurus, the energies that were just centering more on how do you get your sexies? How do you build your soft girl era was big. Mm -hmm. Now mm -hmm. this transit is going to be for the fire and the air women to take control, mm -hmm. to be like, hey guys, because fire and air women don't many times, if they're well aspected, don't really have daddy issues. Fire and air women are known to be daddy's girls. And many times, <laughs> absolutely. Like, I don't yeah. know. Uh, I don't really associate with that. Another thing is, mm -hmm. fire and air women usually have best friends who are guys. Like they're bro they have bros. They could hang mm -hmm. out, buddies. <laughs> and we do absolutely. I can absolutely attest to that. That's why I'm definitely not for the man hating. I feel like obviously men have a lot of work to do. I feel like as women, you know, we are sometimes more connected to the we're connected to our emotions we're connected to the spiritual spiritual world so i feel like sometimes we ascend or we can like advance like we're just in tune so like as we've been going through this collective awakening i see a lot of women already just leading the moment the movement because we're just more in tune with what the earth is doing um and as the frequency of earth rises our frequency rises as well so I feel like it is normal for us to be like, men, you have work to do because we are also doing the work, like, you know, um, but I, even though I am for that, I'm still not for the hate train of men because that doesn't actually get them to listen to us. That just makes them feel like it's just like you're now attacking them, which is now creates a war because that's just the whole masculine vibe. Like you're not going to attack them and they're going to be like, I surrender like no you're just you just activated the warrior in them so now we're just fighting even more so 
But when you said like fire woman, this is fire woman and air woman time. Absolutely. Because most I've had, I've had good male figures in my life and I've had, you know, obviously men, Caribbean men who run around and stuff like that, but I've had good figures and I'm, I'm really grateful for them because I don't see men like all the same and I've been able to attract some really good quality men in my life I feel because I have that mindset so I think that would be a really interesting and important conversation to have fire women usually have that in their partners too so fire and air women usually have a partner um who's like yes babe go ahead like live your life especially if it's a long term and it works mm. so that's why fire women and air women are going to take charge and they're going to be like hey ladies since we got our, our sacral chakra together and we've figured out what we our desires and what we don't want our non-negotiables we got our soft, soft girl era back it's time to get to work because we want these positions right we want to take this leadership we want to change the narrative mm-hmm. and they're going to take that and they're going to also show the men supporting them mm-hmm. air women they're going to show you that hey yeah this guy is supporting me and he's not against me he's right here and he's letting me take mm-hmm. that um, that lead that basis there so I love that. I think we're going to end here, Umi. Like, I, I love that we were just spitballing at the end. I love where the conversation went. I feel like I literally need you back to just talk about what we just talked about in this little 15 minutes. We were just, like, going off of each other. I think that's such a huge topic. So I think I want to have you back to fully dive deep into that. But thank you so much for this live stream for October 2023 forecast. Um, I literally cannot wait for next month. I have so much more questions. And also, um, I like how we're doing this. So every single month, we'll be able to look back at last month and see how um, how it went. So thank you guys, all everyone in the audience for being here for something new that we're launching and that we're continuing to do. You can find us every week, every the first week of every month to have this forecast with you. If you're following us on Instagram, please follow us. If you're not following us there, please follow us there. Um, at Shiri Spheres and at Umi Genovese so you guys can always have the notifications on when we're going live. Uh, we do Astro Thursdays every uh, every Thursday on Instagram and we're just introducing this on YouTube now. So thank you guys so much for coming in, showing out, asking your questions and being here with us. We will definitely see you next month. Thank Yay. you, Umi. Girl, I freaking love you. We did that. I love you. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.